Dialogos Radio's Commentary of the Week. Each week, Michael Navradagis provides views and opinions on issues pertaining to Greece and to the worldwide Greek community. Coming up next, here on Dialogos Radio. This month marks the 70th anniversary of the Dekembriana massacre, which took place in Athens, Greece in December 1944. Greece had just come out of World War II as an extremely battered, decimated country, having lost 7% of its population during the war, the largest percentage of any country, but was almost immediately dragged into new conflict, this time between Greece's resistance forces from Meam, which had led the resistance against the Nazi occupation, and a right-wing Greek government, along with the police, the far-right organization X-led by Yorgos Grivas, and last but not least, the British Armed Forces. Britain had come to Greece supposedly as an ally and friend, as the foreign power seen by many Greeks as the number one hope for the country to be saved and to be rebuilt from its post-war ruins. These hopes did not last long, however. Contrary to working with the resistance fighters who had so successfully warded off the Italians and the Germans, the British army took the side of the far right in Greece, of those forces which had collaborated with the Nazi occupiers, including the police and underground terror groups, but saw the resistance in the left as their sworn enemies. The resistance forces were seen, not entirely accurately, as being loyal to communism and to the Soviet Union, and for Winston Churchill and the foreign powers, this was unacceptable, as they had carved southern Europe and the Mediterranean region into the western sphere of influence. Instead of the resistance forces being allowed to participate in a popular Greek democratic government, the British aimed to bring back the foreign-imposed monarchy and did not allow members of the resistance to join the Greek armed forces, while they released members of the far-right collaborationist forces from prison and allowed them to take up posts in the government, police, and armed forces. This set the stage for the bloody violence of December 3, 1944, when a peaceful protest in Syndagma Square in Athens quickly turned violent, when Greek police, under orders of police chief Angelos Evert, was of German descent, fired upon a crowd from positions atop the Greek Parliament building and the British headquarters at the Grand Breton Hotel. When all was said and done, 28 people had been killed. In the days which followed, the British imposed martial law, conducted aerial bombing campaigns in Athens, and anyone suspected of being a member of the Greek resistance was rounded up and sent to concentration camps within Greece or in the Middle East. The resulting clashes led to the start of the Greek Civil War, spreading more violence, bloodshed, and tragedy throughout Greece. The George Polk murder, which we heard about in today's edition of the Dialogos interview series and our interview with Kati Martin, reflects the nasty and unfortunate results of these actions. The British and American governments supported the same far-right forces which had collaborated with the Nazis and the occupiers and which had fought against the Greek resistance, which had helped to free Greece. They did this in the name of preventing the spread of so-called communism, and in the process, they created a bitter left-right divide which still exists in Greece today. The British, as did the Americans later on, participated in the torture and imprisonment as well as the banishment of thousands of Greeks, just as they participated in the cover-up of the murder of George Polk, which was to follow. Nowhere else in Europe were Nazi sympathizers allowed such free reign as they were in Greece after the war, and the results are still evident in Greek society today. These were the same forces which led the military coup which overthrew a democratic government and brought in a dictatorship in 1967 with Western support. These are 
are also the same forces which largely comprise the far-right Golden Dawn Party as well as the governing New Democracy Party today. What should be clear from such episodes, and indeed from almost the entire history of the modern Greek state since its formation, is that the British and American governments are not, and never have been, Greece's friends. Time and time again, they have pitted the Greek people against each other, they have imposed monarchies and dictatorships on the country, they supported the Turkish invasion and continuing occupation of Cyprus, and they continue to support such governments in Greece today. It is an absolute shame that, due to the crisis and due to the economic hard times, which have repeatedly befallen in Greece in the past, that so many Greeks have immigrated and continue to immigrate to the same countries which are in large part responsible for Greece's destruction, crisis, and its existing divisions. It is shameful that these same countries, then, have the audacity to criticize Greece for the growth of its far-right parties and for the supposed racism which exists in Greece toward immigrants, when the far-right is a monster that they helped create, just as they have created the conditions which are forcing these unfortunate migrants from their homes in the Middle East. Seventy years after the Dekimbriana, divide and conquer still rules Greek society. Those who support the status quo in remaining in Europe versus those who do not. Those who support the supposed leftist and communist versus those on the right. Public servants versus employees in the private sector. Perhaps more than anything else, this legacy of divide and conquer is the true lasting legacy of British and American involvement in Greece. 